For the nation news at ronandonradio.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 368 now of the Ron and Don Show. And yep, we are live from the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, I just had a Super Bowl gathering. So by the time you hear this, Super Bowl has happened and the Rams have paraded and people are upset about that. I'm not. Uh, but it was interesting. I had a gathering and a bunch of people came to my house. A big sign that says, hey, Take your shoes off. They didn't take their shoes off. I uh, knew some re- some new research out now whether we should take our shoes off when we enter your house, my house, or somebody else's house. Uh, we'll get to that. Also, Bitcoin. What do you do with $4.5 billion of Bitcoin that you just stole? And now you have to launder. How do you launder Bitcoin? We'll get to that. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Bob Saget, who we all know from Full House and Fuller House, passed away. Over a month ago, we are now learning that he fell in a hotel room and he has skull fractures. And as a result of that, uh, he went to sleep and never woke up and he lost his life. They say there's no drugs involved, no alcohol involved, uh, just a slip and a fall. The family now is suing in the state of Florida saying, hey, we don't want those pictures out. And one of the reasons they're suing in the state of Florida is because they can because the state of Florida allows that. They allow you to sue and to take especially uh, files and pictures of very famous people. They allow you to seal those documents. Not every state does. Others are saying, I demand to know what happened to Bob Saget. He was a public figure. Uh, and he died in a very, I don't know, public way. He had just been out. Uh I guess he was doing some of his stand-up, right? And he went back to the Ritz-Carlton in Orlando and ended up passing away as a a result of that. People are saying, we got to know what happened to him because these skull fractures, uh, they don't make sense to us. There needs to be an investigation. Was Bob Saget murdered? And is the family now trying to cover this up? Ron, we live in the age of conspiracies. Are you with the family saying, hey, let the guy rest in peace? Or... Hey, should we dig a little deeper on this? Because he made his living being a public figure and publicly, hey, we want to know what happened. I am a thousand percent with the family on this. For whatever reason, this has now evolved in in our celebrity culture to to know just way too much. Uh, And I think about, you know, Robin Williams taking his own life or Chris Cornell here locally. We're not privy to every detail of someone's life. I, I don't believe. Uh, and I get the appetite for that. And, and even if you think back, you and I have talked recently on a couple of shows about Dave Grohl and what it was like for him to go through Kurt Cobain's death. I just read a, a different biography from Mark Lanigan and the Screaming Trees revealing a lot of details about that because they were very close friends. And and I, I part of me finds it interesting, but I didn't seek it out for those details. And I, it wouldn't have been a worse book if he left some of those details out. And, and so I, I think that Bob Saget, um, if this was, if it turns out to be a murder, it's not going to be solved on a three-part Netflix series. The, the authorities 
in that jurisdiction are going to look at the evidence and decide if there was some foul play. And if they deem it's not a foul play, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar and we should move on. I, I wish we could put that genie back in the bottle. We can't. I was going through my Twitter feed the other day and all the stuff about Kanye stalking Kim Kardashian now that they're they're separated and she's got a new boyfriend. It's like, it's not funny. It's not entertaining. Watching this stuff happen in real time and people's obsession over it is, I, I get it, but it's, it's off-putting to me. I think these people are real people. They deserve to have some privacy in life and in death. The fact that you get up and tell jokes for a living doesn't mean that every single thing that you do uh, before or after you die is for human consumption. Yeah, I'll push back, though, because you brought up a Netflix series, and there's a number of Netflix series that have solved crimes. There are a number of podcast series that have made authorities go back and go and, and, and reopen a cold case and say, wow, we need to look at the DNA that we might have on this now and reexamine this case. And as a result of this, crimes get solved. So... To think that local authorities are always going to be able to handle or take care of something without some pressure from the public. On the other hand, I think the balance is this. You look at Kobe Bryant, and it was police officers, and it was first responders that took pictures of him, took pictures of his daughter, and everybody in that helicopter that crashed. Uh, As a result of that, his wife, in a very painstaking way, had to go to court and sue everyone for sharing those pictures because she's trying to get that stopped. I think that's what the Saget family sees, right? Because they live in Los Angeles. They see what's happened to Kobe. Uh, Those pictures are out. You can never put the genie back in that bottle. And I just don't, I think they they don't want the same thing to happen uh, to Bob Saget as a result of that. You bring up a good point on that. And and maybe the way I phrased that was was not exactly how I felt. But yeah, like the, the guy has passed away. His family didn't ex- expect it. They're dealing with their grief. The last thing they need to also deal with is leaking information that they would rather keep private. The way someone dies, unless you're like the president of the United States or something like like if the president, like his health information is public knowledge because you do want to like he's running the free world. So like that sort of situation, I think is different. But a garden variety comedian who happened to be on a TV show doesn't mean that I, as a fan, or even not as a fan, someone that just knows him, I, I don't have some God-given right to like access all of his private information. I yeah. just don't. All right, let's talk uh, more on the other side of this. You can just tell that, they, uh, that they're just real genuine guys and, and care about uh, who they work with and just feel like we, you know, we got, we got some, some more friends now. It truly is one of life's biggest transactions. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Hi, I'm Ollie. Hi, I'm Emmy. Hi, I'm John Greenland. I'm Lauren Greenland. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. And we sat down with, with Ron and Don. They were more prepared. They paid way more attention to detail. Um, and then they just came in with a with a lot more knowledge and were able to set those expectations up a lot better than um, some of the previous uh, realtors that we worked with. So, I mean, I was I was extremely pleased with uh, the the entire the, the sit down, the, the experience and, and the results, of course. There was a friendship that developed in a in a, in a trust. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say a trust and then, you know, 
We yeah. have, we love them. It's been a hell of a lot of fun for one thing. I see them as, as friends now. I feel like they've made me feel part of this community and knowing that you know, Dawn's just down the street is is comforting. <laughs> we totally consider Ron and Dawn friends of ours now, and we do miss working with them. It was intense there for a little bit, but it's an experience that we'll always remember and have, and um, and now lifelong friends. It's the Ron and Dawn Nation. That's right. <laughs> Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at runanddonsitdown.com. Hey, it's GeForce O'Neill. Thanks for listening to my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. So uh, by the time you listen to this, I guess it would be a week and a half ago, a couple weeks ago, at a Super Bowl party. Go go Rams. How about the Rams? I, I, are, are you a hater of the Rams because they're in the Seahawks? I, I'm not. It just shows you how tough it was to be a, a Seattle Seahawk and play the Rams twice. Or if you're the Niners, you had to play them twice. I, I, I was uh, if you're Arizona, you had to play them twice. It showed how tough the division was, and and I'm perfectly happy uh, with Los Angeles uh, and Mr. Stafford getting those rings. And the thing that I really loved is how Detroit Lions fans pivoted and rooted for him in Los Angeles. I thought that was pretty cool. And then also, unlike uh, Patrick Mahomes' wife, who is always in the in the media for the wrong reasons, uh, when you look at Matthew Stafford's wife and the way that she's been able to battle cancer, she's been very public about it. Uh, I, I don't know. I look at that couple. I look at their story. It's a story that deserves to be elevated. I look at Aaron Donald, who's only played in the NFL eight years, and he said, if I get this ring, there's a possibility that I'm going to quit at the age of 30, which I think is great. Don't play to 35 or 36. They talked to Calvin Johnson the other day, who only played eight, nine years in the NFL. He left the Detroit Lions when he was 30, and he said, the reason I left is because right now I have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. I can still walk with them. I can talk to them. I can teach them. My faculties are all there. And for a lot of these guys, once they get that ring, they look down the road and say, I'm not going to go five or six more years. A lot of guys that did that, it used to be because the NFL didn't pay much. I've made all my I've made all my guaranteed money. I have the ring. What more do I need to prove? And I would encourage Aaron Donald at this point to walk away from the game because, of course, he's in our division, and that will help the Seattle Seahawks because he's always uh, sacking Russell Wilson. He is an incredible pass rusher. I was sympathetic and pulling for um, the Cincinnati Bengals for the one reason and one reason only. My mother's from Ohio. I used to go to Ohio every summer uh, to visit, and so she she was just so excited that an Ohio team made it to the to the Super Bowl. And so I got caught up in that. I was rooting for the underdog. Uh, I have very fond memories of Ohio and, and just in, in spending my summers with my Uncle Ron, who I was named after for. So I just, I, when you see the people of Ohio and whether you're, it's a Cleveland Browns fan or the Indians fans or, or, or the Cavaliers, like they, they're a very, um, it's just that Midwest sensibility. And, and, and LA to me came off as very LA and kind of, buying of buying the championship in a way like you get Aaron Donald you get uh uh Odell Beckham you go out and you pay for Von Miller like you you get Stafford they were making these huge acquisitions and it was like best team that money can buy I know that's not exactly true 
that was my impression. So I was pulling for for the Ohio team. Yeah. Anyway, I had a Super Bowl party here. You weren't here. You're out of town. I think you were down uh, in the Bay. And people came over, and I put up a sign in my house that said, please take off your shoes. Some people took off their shoes. Some people did not take off their shoes. A news story out today says you shouldn't take off your shoes when you enter people's homes. The reason why people were doing that is because they were afraid that fecal matter was on the bottom of their shoes. And then they said, if you really look at research, fecal matter is everywhere, whether you have your shoes on or off. To me, it's not about fecal matter. It's about the wear and tear in a house. And I guess being an Airbnb guy and controlling and owning a number of Airbnbs, I see what happens when people leave their boots and shoes and dogs and animals and other things are running rampant in a house. Uh, flooring today is so expensive. People aren't really laying down a lot of carpet. It's a lot of wood flooring. And animals and shoes uh, destroy it. And, and I know that just looking at my Airbnbs where I've asked people to take their shoes off, they don't. And I know that because sometimes I'll live in a house where the Airbnb is next door or down below and I can hear people clip-clopping around in their high heels. Uh, people don't take their shoes off at Airbnb when you ask them to. For me, it's not the, about the fecal matter. It's about trying to save the floor. What say you? Because sometimes you come over to my house. You see the sign. Sometimes you take your shoes on. Sometimes your shoes are off. I always ask, right? I always ask, would you like, to, like me to take my shoes off? And typically, people say, no, go ahead and leave them on. But when you see a sign that says, please take them off, take your damn shoes off, right? Well, the, the article that you sent me, I agree with him, where he basically said, uh, if it's a cleanliness issue, everything you just said. He goes, if it's religious or cultural, then, of course, you, you take them off. Um, the, I guess the thing is where, when I would leave them on is if you're wearing sneakers or soft-soled shoes, that's the same to me as wearing socks. You just had uh, slippers on, it looked like, and you took them off. Why'd you do that? I did that because I knew that you wanted them off. So Because you knew I was talking about this today. Otherwise, put... you would have left them on. You leave them on most of the time. Yeah, because they're soft-soled shoes. But there's what... a sign that says, take your shoes off. Why, but... don't, you, why don't you obey the sign? Because I, I, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> you're talking about boots and high heels and hard-soled shoes. Yeah. I, don't ha I agree with you that that can do some wear and tear on floors. If you're just wearing like a sneaker, like a, a Van or a, a Hoka Ono, like those aren't wearing and tearing more than my feet would. Yeah, they are. How? Because they create a lot more friction. Uh, a rubber-soled shoe is creating friction against the floor. Isn't that what the floor's there for? Well, you know what? You have to end up polishing that floor and cutting that floor, and that's thousands of dollars to do that. So Because that, of the friction of a shoe. Yeah, because of the friction of a shoe. You have your sock on, there's there's no friction. There's oh, there's no, totally friction on this. There's no friction. Because my feet sweat, and so there's a bunch of grab now yeah. on the bottom of that that sock. Anyway. I don't know. Take, I, I think Take your shoes off when you come over. See you on the other side. Hey, it's Ronadon here with Mitch Weeks. You know him at Mitch.loans. Mitch, for if you're in the Ronadon Nation, what happens if I do a loan with you? You're going to save up to half a percent, and that's on all purchase loans. So you're immediately qualified. You switch to Mitch, and you're a part of the Ronadon Nation. You save half a percent. In King County, that's over 3000 on average saved. And so that's very cool. Right now, if you go to Mitch.loans, if you're thinking about buying, if you're thinking about refinancing, if you're thinking about investing, or you just want to see where you're at, 
Mitch has a ton of different products to, to show you. And then at the end, you save one half a percent on the value of your loan. And if you do 17 loans, you can save that one half percent on each of the 17 loans, correct? That's right. I don't Keeps know who's going to do 17 loans, but if you did, hypothetically, you get the half a percent every single loan. So go to Mitch.loans today. That's Mitch.loans. NMLS 169-1573. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, we're licensed brokers at Windermere, so if you need us, just reach out. And all you have to do, if you're looking for a buyer's playbook or a seller's playbook, and we're selling a lot of homes right now, you guys, and also landing homes for buyers. So there's a particular way to do that in a market like this where we've had some success and had some real success, so we'd like to share that with you. So if you think we could be good partners, it starts with the Ron and Don sit-down. All you got to do is reach out, and we'll sit down virtually together and we'll talk about your real estate experience. Go to ronandonsitdown.com to find out more about us, or you can write Ron directly, ron at windermere.com, and uh, we'll get you those buyer uh, playbook and those seller's playbooks uh, today. Bitcoin, coin, it seems like everybody is talking about Bitcoin. We see Matt Damon uh, talking about Bitcoin. Tom Brady is really into Bitcoin. Uh, And in fact, Tom Brady, not too long ago, uh, there was a fan who had caught a ball and it was some type of memorable ball, like his 600th touchdown pass, something. It ended up in the stands. And he, uh, he ended up paying that fan in Bitcoin, which I thought was really unusual. Some of the great commercials that you see right now, and the great one with Matt Damon in it, where he's talking about being explorers that I've talked about before. It's a really well-done commercial about Bitcoin. So it seems like a lot of people are moving toward Bitcoins, which means whenever a lot of us move towards something, that means a lot of criminals move towards something also. And we've all been watching Ozarks when it comes to laundering money. Here's the question. It's one thing to launder cash by going out and buying casino. It's another thing. How do you launder Bitcoin? How do you pull it out of its wallet it's virtual wallet wash it and put it back and do you put it back in the same wallet when you do that one of the reasons a lot of people are asking this ron is because someone just stole 4.5 billion dollars in bitcoin and the question is can you actually go out and spend bitcoin that's been stolen and not laundered well when they when they stole this bitcoin it was not worth 4.5 billion it was worth a couple a uh, hundred million dollars, which still sounds like a lot of money. But this was an interesting story in this regard. And, and, and a disclaimer, I don't know exactly how this stuff works. It's very, very complicated. It's a couple that I believe is in Manhattan now, used to live in California. They hacked into a uh, an exchange service. And so if you think about this, it makes sense. Bitcoin and all of the, the cryptocurrencies are their own currency. And so you have to exchange it for another currency. So the the hard part, or one of the most difficult parts, especially in different countries around the world, like in the United States, you have to take U.S. dollars, and someone has to convert it and get it into the Bitcoin system. And so that's what an exchange is. And for the longest time, it was not regulated. Uh, the SEC and the United States government was like, we do not recognize this because we have no control over it. And so therefore... We're, we are not going to let you just take $100 and change it into Bitcoin. Like, you can't do that at your bank. You can't do it at Morgan Stanley. Like, we're not, the, the U.S. Treasury is not letting you do that. And so these exchanges would pop up that were not based in the United States. And so they were based in other countries offshore, and they created a special vehicle that was tied to the dollar 
that you would send your money to the exchange and then the mo- they would say, okay, we'll give you the equivalent amount of the cryptocurrency of your choice. So that was a barrier. And other countries like China really clamped down on that. They're like, we, we're, we're not going to let you, uh, even if it's offshore, you can't access these exchanges. So there was an exchange that this couple hacked into somehow. And so they were siphoning off Bitcoin and putting it into a private wallet using a bunch of like high-end hacking skills. And so then they they just parked it there for a while. So it was worth millions of dollars, not billions yet. This was several years ago. And so then they were figuring out, how do we get this out? So they're sitting there, and while they're trying to figure out their scheme, Bitcoin is skyrocketing in value. So when they stole it versus the time they started taking it out, it went up by billions of dollars in value. And so they're trying to figure out, well, how do we do this? Because when we try to switch it back into U.S. currency, now they're, they're not, the identity is there. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I withdraw that money, it has to go into someone's account uh, because they don't give you physical cash. Mm-hmm. And so now my name is tied to that account. And so the important thing to know in, in this situation is each transaction is put into the blockchain. You've probably heard this before. And so it's now embedded in that blockchain. And you cannot undo that. So even though this was hacked and that part of it was anonymous, the the part where they were withdrawn, they didn't know whose identity was tied to that. So the investigators were going, well, now we need to wait. We know the, the number of the Bitcoin. We have that. We just don't know the identity tied to that number of the Bitcoin. So they were waiting around going, when this person or persons or organization tries to convert this back into a fiat currency, we need to be ready. And so what they did, and by the way, the people that were arrested for this, this woman who's a a, 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 a master criminal also has an alter ego as a rapper, the worst rapper you've ever seen in your life. It's worth it to go track down her rap music because it is hilarious. They found a way they thought to buy gift cards with cryptocurrency. And so they started going out and and again, they have billions of dollars in crypto. They were just going to buy lots and lots and lots of gift cards at $500 a pop and then use those gift cards to start buying goods and then taking the rest in cash. So they went out and they found a, a, some sort of online portal that would sell them gift cards they started buying up Walmart gift cards, Uber gift cards, uh, Grubhub gift card, whatever the gift cards they had. They were buying as many as they could uh, at $500 a pop. Then the the woman involved in this couple um, tried to use the Walmart gift card, and that's when the feds found her name. They found her name in a bank account where she was trying to transfer the money from the gift card uh, balance over to her account and they took it down. So it's a very complicated story. It involves the dark web. It involves a lot of uh, anonymity and people going, well, this is what criminals would do. Yes, that's true. (laughs) It is what criminals would do. But I don't know how you put the genie back in the bottle on this. I think the good news is, is they were able to track them down. It took several years, but they were able to track it down. And it's better than the people that lose their key 
and have billions of dollars or millions of dollars in crypto and they can't get it out because the key's in a garbage dump somewhere. Yeah, I, I don't understand you can't put the genie back in the bottle because every time Major Healy showed up or Major Nelson got home, a genie went right back in her bottle. I think they're not talking about that genie. Oh, I think they are. They're talking about Aladdin. No, I'm talking about I Dream a Genie. You don't remember where I she's remember, inside her bottle? Just hanging out in the bottle? Yeah. Major, but once she got out of the bottle. Because Major Healy didn't know for a long time that she was a genie, and then he figured it out. And I think there was something going on. But Maybe anyway. I should do, uh, put the, the toothpaste back in the tube. tube. Anyway, you guys, hey, thanks for some. That's a, that's a I Dream of Genie television reference from 1963 before I was even born. Uh, thanks for stopping by the Ron and Don show. You guys really appreciate it. Thanks for hitting subscribe. Three things you could do for us. One, uh, we work in a business that is a referral business. So if you know of anyone right now that's thinking about buying or selling, we'd love to help them. Uh, just have them reach out or reach out to us, ron at windermere.com, and we'll schedule a sit down today. Also, if you're looking for the nation news, the Ron and Don nation news, just go to Ron and Don dot com or run it on sitdown.com get signed up for the nation news and ron writes something every week or i write something every week and uh, we'll send it out to you we don't sell that list so don't worry about that even though a lot of people like to buy that list because thousands of people are on that list so anyway we'll just hit we'll hit you up one time a week uh, on that and also when you hit subscribe then you get the show every monday wednesday and thursday and uh, you can listen to all three episodes of the ron and don show brought to you by les schwab and our good friend Mitch at Mitch.loans, right? Yeah. Mitch.loans, if you're looking for a loan, all you got to do is go to Mitch.loans today and mention Ron and Don, and you could save a lot of money. Okay. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time right here for episode 369. It's coming up only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only! Only! Only, only, only on the Ron Don Radio Network.